Welcome to the Atcast, a podcast for the study of modern visual culture. I'm your dying boy, Soup. <laughs> I'm not dying, Renu. This week, at stands for absolute territory because we'll be talking about the winter 2019 season. No, yes, winter. Okay, 2019. <laughs> uh, oh my god, did you lose where we were for a second? <laughs> no, I had to double. I had to like double take. I was like, wait, shit, is it is it something else now? Okay, never mind. Uh, <laughs> is it we still finally- winter? <laughs> Is it still winter? Yes, it's definitely still winter. You're in California, winter. so it makes sense that you would lose track of the seasons. <laughs> that's that's true. We don't really have winter, uh, unfortunately. I guess. Well, some some parts of California do have winter, but you know we're not we're not having like polar vortex or anything, which is you know seeming to be sort of a, a yearly occurrence now, where uh, for just a couple weeks at a time, the entire middle of the country goes into the deep freeze for a couple weeks. Yeah, I think the last time that it happened, I I was actually in school in Chicago, but I had flown home to the East Coast for winter break. So thankfully, I left during the vortex. And when I came back, it was still like in the negatives, but like it wasn't nearly as bad as it had gotten, you know, during that winter. And now... Yep. Now it's even even colder than the per- the first it just, one. It just keeps getting colder. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it, it it just Yep. Eventually we're all just going to we're going to turn into popsicles and then the other half of the world is going to be drowning and that's that's how global warming works, kids. You Yeah. It's just going to fuck everything up and then we die. <laughs> that's grim. <laughs> but let's talk about something less grim, which is that we finally got around to watching the winter 2019 season. <laughs> We've only watched the first episode of, of all the things we've been talking about, and we haven't yes. even watched all of the stuff that I have on, on like our list of things to watch. But, I mean, it's, it's whatever. It happens. Uh, due to some scheduling hiccups. Well, I mean, <laughs> if, if it's anything that you keep up with, you can just, we, we'll talk about it during the finale. Finally, yeah, finale. I, mean, I don't think I don't think any of the other stuff that I have on this list is really going to be all that great, but I have it on here for one reason or another. So, I mean, maybe I'll talk about it next time. But sure. anyway, yeah, uh, this this is going to be our, our 2019 sample. We've only watched the first episode of most of these shows, and before we get into that, what what have we what have we been up to? You know, it's it's actually been a shorter amount of time than it usually is. Yeah. Uh, so since our last cast, I have been playing the heckle out of Kingdom Hearts 3. (laughs) Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that finally came out, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful. It is everything that you like about Kingdom Hearts, uh, in this game as well. They didn't stray too far from the, you know, the themes and the quote-unquote formula or anything that makes up Kingdom Hearts, so you still got... Really fun abilities. You can still kind of customize your character in the beginning with the choices that you make. You know, like, are you going to be more attack-focused, magic-focused, etc. And um, it's beautiful. It is definitely, like, a really gorgeous game. Um, The mechanics are still, like... uh, uh, It's still pretty floaty in terms of, like, the controls and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Within the first, I guess, like section of the game, you know, you get you get all your abilities and stuff that you can unlock, uh, all your different types of abilities. I, I mean, they might even add more, but like so far they've added so many 
that it's just kind of crazy. It's a little overwhelming until you really get used to using all of them. But like sometimes I just forget about all the options that I have, right? So there's like regular attacks, and then you have magic, of course, and then you can switch your keyblades in the middle of combat. And then you can also, you also have special moves that, you know, if you hit the enemy enough times, you got like a special bar that charges up and you can use a certain type of special. But then you also have specials that you can do with your party members that they charge up too. And then you also have like certain monsters during battle. If you manage to kill them in time, it will unlock uh, an ability that's called an attraction. And so if you activate that, it makes it, it it turns your party into a Disney theme park ride. <laughs> what? <laughs> and what? so literally, I turned the first thing I turned into was the swinging ship, you know. And so then you just swing back and forth in the middle of combat, and then your final move is to like swing all the way around and round and round, and then you know explode or whatever. <laughs> and, what the heck? And there was also like the carousel. There was a mountain coaster. The it, it, uh, the teacups. Oh my god! There, there's so many, and it's it's surprisingly a lot of fun. Uh, it's just also like really random and wild, right? But it's I mean it's on brand rides disney and mm-hmm. and, and makes you think of all the, the the rides at disney world and disneyland uh so i think it was it's it's a fun addition a little overpowered but you know and uh they also have um rage mode which if you like i guess if you dip down into critical hp uh you turn into like heartless Sora basically I, I, I don't know all the specifics I'm probably saying all this wrong and people are getting mad at me but <laughs> basically you turn into a more powerful version of yourself and you uh, can run around and fight the enemy that way too so there's just like a lot of different things that you can do and you also in this part that I just played you unlocked uh, links which are like summons <laughs> Oh. So you also have that. It's just okay. so much soup. <laughs> okay. Is this is this the time when I admit that I've only ever played three five eight over two? <laughs> Which mean, is I... <laughs> a, con- a confusing one to start with. Yes. Kind of like kind of right in the middle of it. <laughs> you, you kind of you. Uh, yeah, I, I have a general grasp of I think what the story is, is like and. Oh. Um, it, I mean, it was still, it was still good, actually. Okay. Uh, I think. I don't know how people who actually play these games think about 358 over 2, but I thought it was good. Oh, that's good. But I also didn't play the first one because... I think, uh, 358 over 2 is generally well received because people like the characters so much. Yeah, I, I think that that seems to be the case. Yeah. The, um... The thing is, I owned a PS2 that was a hand-me-down, but I'd never bought any games for it, so I only ever played the games that came with it. Really? Because I, I got it secondhand from my uncle, and I was a small child with no with no disposable oh, income. Yeah. And then PS2 as, came as, out at the right time for me, so that was my console. <laughs> yeah, like as a as a growing um, child in in those mm-hmm. times, as, as like a growing young adult now, I realize like, wow, it was so nice when I was a kid. I didn't even need money. 
like I didn't even I didn't receive money at all. I just I just lived without without the constraints of money. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. I mean, obviously my family still had to have a place to live and food to put on the table, but you know, but personally you could be happy I without having to buy things. Right. I could be happy yeah. without having to buy things. But now now that I'm I'm like a jaded 22-year-old, oh uh, the my God. <laughs> Uh, the the strong sway of of the capitalist system and the commodity fetishism is is really strong. Uh, speaking of commodity fetishism, I bought something. Oh, tell me. I bought I bought a uh, I bought a pair of earfit headphones called the Audio Technica ATH EQ three hundred M SV Silver, and that sounds really complicated, but they're fifteen dollars and. They're they're just the the headphones that the Persona Three protagonist wears, the ones that just like dangle loosely from his neck. Earfit headphones. Let me look them up and I'm I'm gonna judge them. Oh, okay, so I actually uh, have gone through a couple of different kinds of of these kinds of headphones because they're my favorite. Um, yes, I I have owned. A couple of these over the yeah. years because I grew up right at the time when like CD yeah. players were still around. Yeah. Which is, I think, hilarious, by the way. <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah. that's really funny. Yeah, so th- these are... Because I cannot wear earbuds because they either make my ear... The inside of my ears hurt or they fall out all the time. They never fit properly. And oh, you might have so, small ears. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, it, these ones, of course, because they clip onto the outside of your ear... And they're lightweight. They they work for me. Um, the ones I have right now are the Sony ones. Um, they're more expensive, but they also have the retractable cord, which is nice. Except that they're not, you know, because they're so lightweight, they are quite fragile. And so, yeah. Yeah. the the cord device on mine doesn't know how to stay like not retracted, <laughs> right? Oh, like it, oh, it's yeah. always. Like it, it doesn't stay out. It just like always wants to be in in the like like wound up in the headphones. So like I don't know how to fix it, <laughs> and now I don't use them anymore because you know I can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, uh, I have earbuds technically, although mm-hmm. they're just the ones that came with my phone because I lost or broke the other ones, and these. I think I personally prefer like in-ear earbuds because like those are comfortable for me but uh oh. these are nice because they're fashionable <laughs> and you can you just wear them for the fashion. You can, yeah, I legitimately bought these as a fashion statement and like that's just like kind of the most extra thing possible you now that I think about it. I can't believe you you quote unquote jaded 22 year old. <laughs> Yeah. I listen, this is this is what I'm talking about. This this is this is the kind of inane stuff that makes me happy now. And that's like terrible. Uh yeah. What else have you been up to? Anything else? I mean that's that's the the most important thing of my life in the past ten okay, years of yeah. gaming. I was gonna say it, it, it sounds it sounds kind of like the most important thing in a lot of people's lives for a really long time now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's yeah. a lot of fun. I can't wait to play again and uh, see what is up and what heads or tails I can make of the story because I, too, don't know much about the story despite playing the first and second game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I I mean, listen, when you play them that early, 
You just you, you, your brain doesn't remember all the the fine details, uh, and then you know when you when you actually look into it, you're just like, hey, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, why when, uh, why are they called nobodies if they have only the bodies? <laughs> why are they called heartless if they have only the hearts? Huh? Huh? Yeah, they huh? they they have a nice like the whole beginning intro of three is like just oh, like the story so- till now. Yeah, yeah, the sewn together cutscenes from oh all, my of, God. all of the games, right? So yeah. like the spinoffs too. So I was just like, oh, look at all this stuff that I didn't play. Oh, I recognize I, that one though, and this one. <laughs> oh, and look at all this other stuff I didn't play. I, you know, I've I've never been like the Kingdom Hearts person, but I I support you and Thank and you. all of your all of your excitement about this game secondhand because. I have yeah. I just I just, I just have no idea about any of it. I feel like I'm I'm completely lost. I missed this. Like I you, you missed the wave. <laughs> I was a I was a Nintendo boy growing up. I didn't I didn't play like actual PS2 games. I just played like the Yu Yu Hakusho fighting game and that one <laughs> samurai game where you have to tilt your control stick to like turn and then you press forward to move. It's weird. <laughs> I don't know. The control scheme of the game was really weird, but I don't remember what it's called. But I just remember <laughs> how weird the control scheme was. Huh, interesting. That was a, that was a fun game. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I I, mean, I grew up with, with like, a Game Boy. Yeah, me uh, too. Actually, I never owned a Game Boy. I owned a Game Boy Advance, though. Oh, with, you with were like a the, rich with like the boy. Light. I had a Game Boy yeah. Pocket. <laughs> wow, a Game Boy Pocket. Mm, what a throwback. I, I mean, I had a I had a Game Boy Advance because uh, my mom was just at Costco one day and found it and decided to pick it up and was like, my child would like this. And that was like maybe the greatest mistake she's ever made in her life because it doomed me to a life of playing video games. And <laughs> look at where we are now. Thanks, mom. Thanks, Mario. Yeah, I think my parents also regretted buying the like the OG Nintendo console for my brothers, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. because like after that, it was just downward for one of my brothers and I. <laughs> I owned I owned like every Nintendo system from like the Game Boy Advance until about the Wii U. Mm, wow, like, I, I did I had at all. <laughs> yeah, I had the Game Boy Advance. I had the uh, SP, which was. The greatest thing that ever happened to my tiny child brain, where I was like, <laughs> I can play this at night and I don't need a light. Oh my god! The back, the backlit screen was honestly <laughs> the greatest invention of all time to to my little tiny child eyes. I was like, I can play Pokemon in the dark. <laughs> uh, and then I owned every every version of the DS except for the DS. Uh, I I did not own a DSi, but then I got a 3DS, wow. and I had the GameCube, and I had a Wii, obviously, because mm. everyone everyone had a Wii. Mm. It's just th- those are the facts of life. Everyone owned a Wii. For some reason, when the Wii came out, they they marketed it so incredibly well that it just ac- accidentally everyone got one. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember people were like lining outside for these things? They were just like, um, I got I got to play Wii bowling with my kids. Dude, yeah, no? I, I my parents never actually got the Wii uh, because I think by that point the kids were old enough to buy their own stuff, so they were like, "We don't need to buy you games anymore." 
And plus, we kind of want you to play less games, so... <laughs> oh. See, my my problem only got worse because I went from consoles, uh, and I at some point owned like a PS3 and mm-hmm. a couple games on PS3, but I went from owning consoles to, well, owning a computer. And that was maybe the worst <laughs> mistake they've ever made in their lives. But, you know, I guess some things in hindsight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that was, I mean, I, I would classify that as like maybe the greatest mistake they ever made, but I think it would have happened anyway, though. I think, I think that's, I think that's true, but I, I played vastly more games when (laughs) that, um, that whole thing started. I played a ton of DS games though. Like I played a lot of really obscure DS titles that a lot of people have never heard of and Mm. that I somewhat struggle to recall the names of now, like however many years down the line, but Mm -hmm. I owned one of those like weird R four chips, mm-hmm. so I could just pirate any game I wanted using ROMs. Mm-hmm. And of course, as as a as a tiny uh, child that doesn't have any money, that's like the greatest thing you could you could give somebody. That's and I have a very specific memory, which is uh, this is this is a very interesting memory, right? Where mm-hmm. this is how I experienced uh, the world ends with you for the first time. Mm. Where I, I downloaded a ROM of it onto my like weird R four card, which is just like a like a hacked car like a like a hacked DS chip that you could plug a micro SD card into, and it had like programming to emulate games. Mm. Now the problem was that for for whatever reason, and I don't I to this day I still don't quite understand it. Uh, I guess it's just like lack of resources in being able to run it because okay. uh, of some kind of programming fault. Uh, the beginning of The World Ends With You would freeze the card and the game. Oh. <laughs> uh, because I think I think the problem is that there was not enough flash memory on the, on the pirate card. Oh. And the solution to this, there, and there was one, was really interesting. Because uh-huh. you had to wait for a very specific moment, and then you closed the DS and you let it sit there for like 10 minutes. And then you opened it, and it would continue. Because I guess it would just, I guess that would just give the, the processor enough time to process all the information so it wouldn't just like crash. Anyway, that's how I played The World Ends with Youth the first time. And uh, <laughs> I, to this day, still love that game. I really want to pick it up on Switch, actually, because uh, I hear there's some, some extra stuff in there. Ooh, nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I guess, I guess what I've been doing is just dying and, and being dead. <laughs> I I'm still a little sick because I I just get variable amounts of rest and my my waking hours are haunted by Karl Marx and his um his writings. Oh my God. That's that's not true. I like Marx, but you know, <laughs> I, if you couldn't tell, I like Marx. Mm. But you know, uh, I have a lot of work. And sometimes it clashes with all of the other thing, all the other obligations I have to do. And unfortunately, I don't get paid for any of it. So I'm just kind of suffering. <laughs> because here's, here's the thing, right? Is that last week I got sick because I did this bad thing that I do where I stay up till like 5 a.m. Um, we before my 8 a.m., right? Yeah. Well, this week I did a lot better. Because okay. uh, on Monday, I went to sleep at 2 a.m., which means I got four hours of sleep, oh and then I, I napped in between uh, during my 12-hour day. And then I got home, and of course, I played video games because uh, I'm me. And then uh-huh. I went to sleep, 
for what was essentially like 14 hours <laughs> again so i woke up at about 2 2 p.m the next day after mm-hmm. going to sleep at like i think 12 a.m mm-hmm. and i woke up at about 2 p.m mm-hmm. now that would not be a problem otherwise but then i went back to sleep accidentally at 4 p.m and woke up at <laughs> 6 and you know uh that's basically 16 hours of sleeping, which is understandable, you know. Uh, but here's the problem with that is that I I had made an obligation to uh, an hour from that point watch anime so that we could talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. And then also I had... 50 plus pages of reading and an essay. Oh my god. <laughs> and my next day started at 8 a.m. So we watched we watched anime till about 11:30, right? Yeah. And I stared at this essay for 6 hours. And <laughs> this is bad because this is a 3-page essay. It's not even a long essay. But <laughs> Because it's about medieval French literature, I have so little oh actual interest in it that I just stared blankly for six hours. And I was like, well, I guess I can't make my 8 a.m. So I spent the next couple hours writing it. And then I rushed to the bus stop at 11. And then I found out that the bus stop is closed because they're renovating the entire sidewalk. And so I had to oh. run all the way to the other bus stop. And then I still got to class like 10 minutes late. And then oh. I turned in my paper. Uh, and then I went to class, and then I came back, and then I went to sleep, and then I woke up, and now I'm here. Mm-hmm. So, in short, my life is going to get a lot better once my schedule actually stabilizes, which is hopefully next week. Mm-hmm. But until then, I'm suffering, and because of that, my body won't get better. It's not recovering because I I can't, I can never rest. <laughs> If you made resting your priority instead of literally everything else, then yes, you would get rest. People are counting on me, Renu. No, they will make they will make do while you recover from illness. People are counting on me. My god. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, and then and then on to top it all off, I'm going uh home this weekend so that I can Oh, go to a like a family thing. Anyway, yeah, it's it's a whole it's a whole thing. And then like you know, obviously this this episode we're putting out now, <laughs> again like three or four episodes into into the season, which is not as bad as the last time. It's not as bad you. as last time. Not Why as bad as last time. Like we're making we're making good time <laughs> yeah. technically. Yeah, but uh, it's it's still just like upsetting to me that it took this long to get this episode out. It's okay. We're making yeah. it happen right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, let's talk about anime. Because let's talk about anime. If, 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 if we don't, we're really just going to be here forever. Yeah. And and even if we do, we're just going to be here forever. Yeah. It already feels like it's been like an hour, but it well, can really we hasn't. start now? <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay, Renan, I'll let you start. Okay. So we are starting with, of course, the best Mob Psycho 100 season two. Uh, I have been waiting anxiously for this season ever since the last one ended. 
<laughs> but yeah, mm-hmm. it continues basically right where it left off last time, which is just more adventures with Mob and our favorite, you know, I don't know. He's just a good boy, Soup. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Why does the world want to hurt him? I don't understand. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, he, d- he uh, deserves the world. <laughs> he does, and um, of course, Studio Bones. Uh, again, like they will. They're they're the perfect ones to make this anime because they make it so gorgeous, and this. Season is is more of of beautiful beautiful mob psychic powers and the really really cool ghost demons doing their stuff and yeah it's it's awesome I love it I can't wait to watch more of it nice um, yeah the first episode was kind of like a slow little intro and then little little flashes of of cool magical psychic stuff happening so yeah <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah, I love Mob Psycho so much. It is Me too. I I think I think a lot of people hype up One Punch Man as like the best thing ever, and I love One Punch Man. Like, don't get me wrong, but Mob Psycho is like is probably m- my my favorite of of the the one uh, pieces. Me too. I yeah, just it's... I I think that, and especially because the animation is like so good too, because they took his anim like his his drawing style and then turned it into an anime yeah and it looks really good yeah and they do a lot of experimentation with the kinds of animation that they do absolutely like all of that compounds to to make a show that's really good and like mob, mob psycho is is so good because at its core <laughs> it's about like you know this young boy trying to navigate the world and mm-hmm. he's got all these emotions that sometimes he just he, he can't handle he has too many of them mm-hmm. and I don't know. I I I love I love that. It it is more than anything uh, a show with a lot of like uh, empathy and heart to it, and yeah. I'm glad that it exists. Yes, me yes. too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, like Mob Psycho is something that you should definitely watch. And if you haven't seen season one, you should watch season one. And if you have seen season one, you should watch season two. Like it's kind of as yeah. it's kind of as simple as that. Like it it is mm-hmm. something that I would just recommend with no strings attached. Honestly, just yeah, watch it. Yeah, exactly. It's like a, it's just like across the board a good anime, and it's not anything where you yep. have to be like a, like specifically genre locked. Like oh, I only watch shojo. Oh, I only watch shonen or whatever. Like it's I feel like it's approachable enough that people across genres can approach this anime and like it. Yeah, I mean it's it is a very like one is really good about subverting expectations especially of known genre conventions and mm-hmm. that's why mob psycho and one punch man are so good because mm-hmm. it it surprises you with uh the ways that it handles certain things and you're like mm-hmm. oh yeah so yeah i mean <laughs> yeah yeah I, I don't have much more to say about it for now yeah. but yeah it is i mean it is one of the just the most gorgeous animated things that you can watch with your eyes it is it's is a treat to watch because it is i mean in, in the first episode of the second season they have like these like sort of pencil animated looking sequences yes and they use it to capture the the like weird ghostiness really well uh, yes. and that's something that they've done since season one mm-hmm. so yeah it is it's still the same the same top tier quality mob psycho that you have come to expect so Def- definitely watch it. Definitely watch it. Death. Just, 
Everybody watch, watch it. Everybody watch Mob Psycho. It's like one of my favorite things ever. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now it's time to talk about the rising of the shield hero, or Tate no Yusha no Nariagari. We or as I, like, as I like to call it, the rising of the incel hero. <laughs> we, I'm laughing because, and Soup's laughing because he knows what's about to happen. <laughs> okay, so here's, okay, here, here we go. Um, we're going to get into some stuff. We're, like, we're, we're going to rip this, this anime apart. And yeah, so if that it, is if that is something that you you're, you you just don't want to hear, you don't have to hear it. You can yes. just like scrub forward just, until you yes, find when we forward. stop talking about it. Um, I will say that it's not that this series is bad. It, no, no, no. Yeah, it of is. It is very competent as an isekai and and as it's you know uh, what it's trying to aim for. It's just that what it's trying to aim for is exactly the kind of stuff that we. That rubs us the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, like there, there's some there's some issues with um, both the 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 way the show is written and also uh, the way that it is received, and it, a lot of this is not the anime studio's fault because a lot of this is just material that exists in in the original like light novels, mm. and and of course we'll get into it because I think. The studio does a great job of of adapting it. Like okay. I think, as far as as an anime adaptation goes, this is about as good as as you usually get, unless you're like Mob Psycho. But Mob Psycho barely counts because, like, <laughs> good lord, it's so good. <laughs> it's in but another yeah. league. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is completely in another league, and you know, and it's like, uh, yeah, uh, and, and just just like a, as like a preface, right? Um, yeah. And you the, you read the, a lot of the manga, right? I have yeah, I've read a significant amount of the manga, like mm. probably at least half of what's out now. Okay, uh, but it was a long time ago. But I can I can definitely tell you about stuff that happens. Sure. Uh, this I mean this conversation is is going to talk about stuff like uh n- like non belief or um, skepticism towards like accusations of like sexual assault so if that is also something that's like not something that you like want to hear you can definitely scrub forward and and, you know it's not gonna like uh, our take is basically it's just not a very responsible show yeah yeah (laughs) so feel free to to scrub forward if if that's not um something that you're really out to hear right now and i get it yeah so Mm -hmm. let's get why why is this show like this okay (laughs) all right so, <laughs> what so, is this show for, about? Yes. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll explain the, sh- the premise of the show first. Yes, so basically, yes, yes. the way that the show works is it is an isekai about a, a a dude that gets sent to a like a fantasy world. I mean that's that's how isekai works. You know, your random loner neat otaku guy gets sent to a fantasy world, and suddenly he's good or bad depending on what show it is. Um, yes. And he learns that there are four heroes that have been summoned from different versions of Japan, slightly different versions of Japan. And he is, like, the only one who gets, like, the shit roll because he's the shield hero. They're not allowed to fight together, which is, like, a, a big contrivance, of course. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, they're not allowed to fight together or else they won't, they won't get XP, basically. And he gets the shield, which is to say he gets the, the weapon that's not a weapon. And then also, no one likes him, so none of the adventurers decide they want to adventure with him. And so yeah, he's like, but how am, most, I supposed to, how am I supposed he, to level up without a party? 
Yeah. He's the most ignorant of the four because the other three have had played games that were right. similar to the world that they're in, right? So they are ba- relatively familiar with how it works. Basically, the other three are regular isekai protagonists, and this guy is like the, the numpty. Like, he doesn't get anything. <laughs> No you know, he's, he's, he's just a fool. He doesn't get yeah. anything. And uh, even even the the sort of royal court brushes him off. They're like, well, he's just the shield guy. <laughs> like, yeah. He's yeah. nothing. Yeah. So uh, that's that's the general premise of it. And then yes. in the first episode, um, they have this whole lengthy sequence. And it's like a, it, the first episode is a double header, too, because... It's paced very specifically. And I'll say that the pacing is done like well and, and deliberately. It's just unfortunate that what they're like building up to is is what eventually turns out to be the setup for the rest of the show, which is that uh basically so someone is like, oh, shield hero, I'll join your party uh, because no one else will. And I, and I feel bad. And, you know, it's like, oh, wow, that's nice. And then they like go and they like get geared up and they eat shit. And I mean, they eat like good food, not shit. And then they, uh, you know, do some do some adventure and stuff. And then uh, he he gets robbed and like she just takes all his stuff and leaves and then accuses him of uh, sexual assault. Which, you know, we as the audience know that he didn't do, obviously, because he didn't, he didn't drink. He just went to sleep. And, yeah. um, then he is basically tried by the court and they're just like, well, uh, you know, what's a due process anyway? Uh, yeah, you... it wasn't even a court trial. It was him no. being arrested by the, the King's guards and they take him to the throne room and then everyone looks at him like he's, you know... A rapist, yeah. and basically because in in this world, yeah. and we'll talk about. Here we God, go. we'll talk about this. <laughs> uh, so this 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 world, um, you might think it's just a regular isekai world, but no. Little did you know that it's actually a matriarchy, and sexual assault is the the crime that is uh, like most punishable by death, which is like okay. Like sure, like even, I mean, even being falsely accused or just right, accused even, in general, even accusations yeah, yeah. Can, can like lead lead to death. And right. I have I have some thoughts about this. I have a lot but, of thoughts about this. But, <laughs> but basically, uh, that's why the main character has to basically like, oh god, the main character is like, oh, everyone hates me, and I've been wronged by the court. I'm gonna go on a revenge quest. I'll show you fuckers. Yeah. And so it's like, everything from that point is just a revenge quest for him. Yeah. Uh, and it's... Boy, I just... I wish it wasn't set up like this. And, and like, let's, let's, just, let's just, like, dive, dive straight let's into dive this. Like, in, this, yes, is not yes. a, this is not the way that you set up your show. <laughs> like, you, you do not set up your show like this. Your story, rather. Because this is the author. Right. This is, in the, the, this yeah, is the author, the yeah. You don't yeah. set up your story like this. It's so contrived... It is like yeah. so, so, so contrived because there's like four different layers to this whole thing. Where yeah. it's like first you have to have the isekai world be like a matriarchy, yeah. uh, which Quote there's no indication. Matriarchy. I was gonna say there's no indication of in, in the first episode, and I think the queen, yeah. I guess, shows up later. But like, Does isn't she? it weird that the queen is not the person? Like, I don't know, the highest ruling power in the land yeah, is not the, the person to receive person the four by. heroes. Yes, is the king. 
And you're like, yeah. wait, you don't you don't see any kind of indication of the queen, which I'm not sure if they might have like stuck her like in a painting somewhere or maybe they referenced her in the background like I, really I, subtly. Yeah. But well, so here's here's the thing, right? <laughs> here's here's the thing that really really gets to me, right? Yeah. Is that they it seems to just be lip service that it's like a matriarchy just to exactly. set up the, like the thing. Exactly. Because like there's no actual indication that anything about this world is different from a patriarchal feudal society. Exactly. Nothing. nothing. Absolutely nothing. And you can look at the cast of characters that they present in the first episode. All four heroes are male. Okay. Well, they're from different worlds. Who cares? Okay. Yeah. They get greeted by the king, right? Male. The king's guards, all male. Some right. of the, the court <laughs> people are female, but they don't have any lines or anything. They just kind of like look on, but they're also accompanied by males. The shopkeepers, all male. All literally the only two, maybe no, I would say probably the only female character who actually gets a significant talking role is the woman who deceives him. Right. Yes. And then yep. all of the other females, there's one guy, one of the heroes, he gets a harem of female yep. adventures to himself. So these are all of the female characters that they presented in the show. Only one of them actually talks in the first episode, and she's the one that tricks the main hero. <laughs> yeah. And oh boy, it, it is it is just not good. Like it's so clear that that is just the setup, like the setup contrivance to mm-hmm put the main character in a in a worse situation and the reason i hate that is because not only is it like first of all not responsible right it's like you cannot have a show that is geared towards a certain demographic in uh, japanese culture Mm -hmm. that identifies and empathizes and is meant to to like identify themselves with this character and then have the thing that they like that he is wronged of be like, well, this, this woman like falsely accused him of, of a sexual assault. And it like reads so strongly, like somebody who is like, Oh, women are scary because they hold social power over me. They're look at how privileged they are. And it's like, okay. Um, like, did you stop and think about how maybe instead of focusing on that, you focus on the fact that this is a world that has like literally decided to believe women when they are like, I was attacked. Like, exactly. Can you, do you, like my legit first thought was, wow, that sounds awesome. I know. <laughs> you I know? was appalled that they cast that <laughs> in such a negative light. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh my God. And I was pissed. <laughs> like, it's just not, it's just, it's not a good narrative, no. especially in, in the current, um, sphere around the uh harassment of of women and then the non-belief of women um yeah especially in in anime but you know in other yeah. spheres as well and like yeah. this isn't this isn't just like a western perspective either like this is this is a perspective that also exists in in japan you know of like these these people who are like uh women don't love me they should but they don't i'm so wronged by society it's society that is wrong and it's like yeah this is what this would happen is, in a matriarchy right oh this God. is exactly the this is exactly the kind of thing where it's clear that the the author has not thought deeply about this in any respect yeah and also that they just harbor some kind of internalized like phobia of women and mm. I've been told that the the author of this light novel is a woman, but like, I've ne- I haven't seen anything that substantiates that claim. 
but also like you know women can also be sexist as it turns out weird huh <laughs> it's almost like it's a societal thing yeah there are women who are very sexist <laughs> yes yeah i mean not just against uh, just, men against other women right like just just listen to any any person in under like the 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 trump cabinet talk about women they're just like oh women can't run for president they're emotional what if we have our periods and then we we press the nuke button and it's like I, first of all, there's many problems with this statement. Second of all, I would actually rather have that than, like, President Dummy Hands. <laughs> dummy Hands! Look at them, just tiny dummy hands. Anyway, um, I don't, I don't understand the, the, le- okay, I do understand the lengths that uh, they've, they've gone to, 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 to frame this uh, the way that it has been framed. Because, you know, I... I hate it because I like other aspects of the show and they would be something that I would be able to enjoy a lot more if the show wasn't obviously trying to pan an agenda towards me. And like, you know, I I get it. Like, I I guess this is how like people feel when they're like, oh, I don't want more gays in my shows. Right. It's like, well, okay, but I don't want I don't my show to be like, you know, uh, women are are people who falsely accuse others of rape all the time when, Mm -hmm. you know, and this is going off of U.S. statistics, of course. But, you know, one in five women is are going to report their sexual assault. One in five. Yeah. And then of that one in five, one in five will end up like with an actual prosecution. Yeah. Right. So I genuinely do not believe on any level mm-hmm. that anybody should be worried about f- false sexual assault accusations. And I'm sincerely of the belief that in this respect, maybe we should, I don't know, trust the women who say things like the, the man touched me in the bad place. Because like, like, think about this. Coming coming out and saying that is literally, especially in somewhere like Japan, suicide for your reputation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're saying, I live in a patriarchal society. I am damaged goods now. Right? It's like there is mm-hmm. no benefit to doing this. Mm-hmm. And so having the main character be wronged in this way, mm-hmm. you know, and f- having framing that as, as being wrong is yeah. at, at best... At best, deluded, like misguided, I would say. Yeah. And and, and at worst, insidious. Exactly. And the fact is, is like, this isn't the only misstep or, you know, thing that we have oh, issue oh no, with. Oh, no, it gets worse. Oh, the show. Oh, it gets yeah. worse. Let's, we have not talked about the ending, okay, of this first watch session that we had on the show. <laughs> okay. Oh, my right. God. Right. It gets worse. Yeah. So, so <laughs> go ahead. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, you might you might have a bad impression of the rising of the shield hero after uh, hearing us tirade about how uh, this is a bad and lazy and damaging way to write a world, and and you know the context of of it. Well, uh, don't worry, everybody. It gets even better, and by better, I mean worse. <laughs> so, because of this event. Our our shield boya decides. Well, I can't trust anybody except mm-hmm. for apparently the blacksmith armor dealer who is you know a bro and he's like he understands on like the the bro man wave level where he's like oh you didn't do that thing I believe you despite mm-hmm. the fact that we live in a matriarchy and like clearly I would live in a society where I would be conditioned to believe women um, yeah 
and I mean, I, I get it, right? You you want to build sympathy for your, your main character. You want to make them the underdog, but this is not the way to do it. Anyway. No, it's not even a realistic way to portray it because the, no, 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 the other not. merchant or whatever that he goes to to sell some stuff, uh, he, he basically kind of like threatens him and it's just like, oh, if you don't sell to me, then I'll make these monsters bite at you. And yeah. it would be a hilarious moment because these monsters are like, you know, they're basically the equivalent of slimes, right? Yeah, they're, they're slimes, like level one But slimes. the guy, like they portray in such a dark light that it's just like, oh my God, I'm so scared. The, the merchant is anyway. And then he's like, okay, fine, I'll sell to you or buy the this, this stuff off you. But like literally if the... This person lived in a matriarchal society where it's a huge insult to even refuse a drink from a woman. And then a woman comes out and he's publicly accused and believed to be a rapist. Right. Why would you? Yeah. You wouldn't. You still wouldn't do business with him. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, a- like anyway. A couple of slime monsters wouldn't threaten you to to. To, to do business with this guy. Anyway, continue. Anyway, it gets it gets worse. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> and like you you might be thinking to yourself, oh, how could it possibly get worse than this? Well, guess what? Slavery. <laughs> Slavery. Because because he has trust issues, he gets he gets propositioned by a shady guy who looks like an evil Monopoly man. To buy mm-hmm. animal people slaves. They're just, they're people, but they have animal parts. So they're obviously be slaves. And honestly, I'm just so done with like animal people as like yeah. stand in for racial tension already. Cause like yeah. it's already like a, a damaging stereotype about yeah. um, civ- civility and other such uh, ideas. But like, here's, here's the thing, right? Is that I. Oh, I just, I just, I don't know. This is, this is not. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, right. so I, I'll get to, it, I'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> so basically, because he has trust issues, this guy's like, I see you have trust issues. I know who you are, Shield Hero. Would you like to buy a slave? A slave is magically contractually bound to you. They cannot betray you or lie to you, or they will die. Mm-hmm. And so he buys a slave, mm-hmm. and the slave is like a twelve-year-old raccoon girl, and. <sighs> Uh, for for what happens in the later episodes, having read the manga and also seeing where the anime has gone to, mm-hmm. basically this this little girl levels up, and then we find out in just like an amazing sort of turn of events. Like first of all, he's basically her dad. Mm. Uh, second of all, he, it turns out that when beast people level up, they. Go through instant puberty and their mental state increases because that's how it works. So she goes from being 12 to being like like 14 and then to being like 18 and then I guess older or maybe I don't know. I think she just stays 18 for a while. And it's like, first, okay, this this doesn't make any sense, first of all. Yeah. Does this mean that if you get to level 80, you become like a grandma? Of course it doesn't. It's uh, of course it does. No, it's so obviously a contrivance to like yep. have it be socially okay for this this little slave girl to be like, "Oh, I love you, master. You're such a nice master." And it's like, let's uh, as soon as you're on the level of benevolent slavery, you've already gone wrong. Like yeah, just... and, and of course, we have a very sensitive context about that in in the United States because of of our poor history with that. But it's not like it it doesn't exist in in Japan. Like Japan isn't a magical place where you get to wave away all these things because it's different over there. They are they still are subject to the same like level of morality that we kind of come to expect from um, a developed nation, quote unquote. And uh, you know, do you remember all that stuff that Japan did? 
like I don't know, racially oppressing the the native people of the island or all those human experiments they did in Korea and China. I don't know. Do you, I feel like I, I am I am I forgetting something? I, Japan, you're not so good about this. Maybe you shouldn't do the whole slavery thing. It doesn't read super hot. Uh, yeah. So, yep. Uh, not only not only is this like a fun a fun like uh, women are all deceitful liars. It's the narrative becomes the only women who aren't deceitful liars are children who can be groomed into dateable women. <laughs> but like it seriously is a, a very concerning kind of like view of of what what the, this this place is is like and yeah I hate it because some of the t- the technical aspects of it, aside from the obvious, like like aside from the obvious, this doesn't make any sense. Setup, yeah. yeah like, um, the technical aspects the of it are hard, yeah. are are decent. Like the the animation is really good. The mm-hmm. the voice acting's great. The the character writing even is is decent for what it is, and at least sure. the main character gets to have a personality. He does have a personality. You're right. It's just you know, it's it's too bad that the personality is just you know, angry incel boy. <laughs> it's just, I, I. <sighs> it's not our cup of tea. It's but... it really it really isn't. Like I'm not making a value judgment about people who watch it, but yeah, exactly. I'm like, cause uh, I mean, obviously, I'm not uh, I'm not in charge of your life. You can watch whatever you like, and I, you don't even have to think critically about it. But like, yeah. I I'm just. <laughs> but I would I would I would I would caution and and just say like sometimes you have to think about the stuff that you're you're consuming uh, uh like media wise and about what its ideological basis is and what it is is saying on a level that you are not processing immediately if you're not thinking about it right mm-hmm. if if everybody watched anime like this all the time then well I mean. <laughs> Okay, let's let's be real. It kind of happens all the time anyway, and people already yeah. don't believe women. So really it's just kind of this like this loop. But you know, it's 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 concerning that it's like so far on the spectrum of like it feels like you're catering to a certain demographic of people that I don't really want to be associating with. Exactly. And of course, like I'm not I'm not making a value judgment about people who watch the show cuz I think it is legitimately entertaining. And there's a lot in it that if you can get past, you know, the initial kind of hurdle, right, is is a a a purposeful vengeance fueled uh, isekai adventure, which I mean, if if I if I said that to somebody out of context, you know, they'd be like, wow, that I mean, that, that actually sounds kind of interesting. I would watch that. Yeah. And having read some of the later chapters, it's OK. First of all, he just fills out his his harem of like weird animal girls um oh no don't say I don't, that <laughs> i don't think they're all slaves but they might be and i no! don't ever remember uh but i might just be remembering you know death march to a parallel world which okay. also had the whole like animal girls slaves uh, this is reasonable uh, <laughs> but this is reasonable, but it's okay because the main character is a good guy, and you know he's a good slave master. And it's like, okay, that's gross. Um, and uh, the thing is, even even the 
male characters, the other male characters who are basically shit to this guy, mind you, mm-hmm. they start out shit to him and they, they never really get any better, are still mm-hmm. per- portrayed as like kind of like decent guys. They're just being deceived by by the woman and being turned against yeah. him. And it's like, oh, you're really just doubling down on this, aren't you? Mm-hmm. And it's like, boy, I really wish that this wasn't the kind of revenge story that I was watching because we already have a concerning amount of people who put out things like revenge porn, which is already yeah. like a bad violation of like people's autonomous rights and yeah. private property and pr- like privacy. I guess I, would, I, sh- I shouldn't say private property. <laughs> yeah. Because Karl Marx would be upset with me. Um, but, you know, that's you are infringing upon someone's bodily autonomy and you're doing something, by the way, quite illegal. Yeah. But it's okay in this show because he's in the right. He's not, you know, they're just falsely accusing. Oh, God, I hate it. I yeah, hate, the justification I hate it so, it is so is hard so to get into this show because of it. Like it's, every time you're like, oh, I'm kind of enjoying this like uh, underdog adventure story. You then you realize like, oh, wait a minute. He hates women. Mm. Like, why do you hate women so much? Like, we get it. We get it. You hate women. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that about the main character. I'm saying about the author. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. So know, I, I think we would have a hard time recommending it to people who, who do analyze the stuff that they watch in a similar vein that we do. But listen. if you don't do that, if you're just in for like a mindless watch, then this can also suffice, right? If if you are if you are like a like a straight boy who has never thought about anything critically in their life, <laughs> this is for you. Other people enjoy this too, though. Is the thing? And no, yeah, yes, uh, but that's because they again they don't think about that kind of stuff when they're reading a story, right? Or, or just, they can or they can like look past it. I I know a yeah. lot of people who you know genuinely feel very ambivalent or enjoy this show despite it. It's despite its sort of ideological basis, and I think that's okay. Like yeah, I, th- that's I don't. Fine. I'm not gonna say, you know, it, it is all media should be mediated, and it's bad if you watch <laughs> things that are problematic. No, everything is is problematic, and right. it it is as long as you are thinking critically about it, and you're not just letting the show tell you things, and you perceiving right. that as like, um, like that's what the you gospel kind of thing, right. yeah. As long as you think critically about what you what you watch, then you know it's it's fine to watch stuff that is kind of trashy. Like God, God knows, I have seen so much trashy stuff over the years. Sometimes like, you just want to watch trash and not think about do you, stuff, and do you, it's fine. Do you remember like the show Comfort? I don't. I never watched it. Right? It I is. Don't think so. It, okay, it's one of those weird Japanese things where. Um, they decide, you know what we really want to explore? What if guys became girls, but also they fought? And also, titties. <laughs> mm, ah, okay. And, you know, it's bad, kind of. It's, it's like, it's, but it's like a hot trash fire dumpster bad. Like, to the point where it's kind of, like, amusing to watch because of, of how trashy it is. Is it like self-aware bad or is it just like <laughs> I don't know, but it's so far on that spectrum that it becomes like almost self-aware bad cuz it's like <laughs> they're they're dudes but they turn into to like high school girls to fight 
and also, I guess they're kind of lesbians? It's a very strange setup. And I think it... I also think this show has awakened some, like, particular feelings in a lot of people. <laughs> of, of... I mean, it's, it's the Ranma one-half thing, right? Where you're just like, wait, how is that a curse? Yeah. And, sure. you know, it... Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, you're trans. <laughs> anyway, uh so yeah, I would have I would have trouble recommending this to anybody except for like some very specific people that I like I know clearly don't think about this. <laughs> yeah, like, they, it, exactly. Just, just I mean, honestly, just imagine trying to explain this to anybody. You being like, "Okay, yeah. This is a show where a, a, a guy is falsely accused of uh, sexually assaulting a woman, and also in the place that he goes to, uh, that is the highest crime imaginable, and he should be punished by death, except he's uh, one of the legendary heroes, so he just gets stripped of all his stuff, and also he gets a slave girl who he then grooms into a fine woman who falls in love with him, but it's okay because he doesn't love her, probably. And and this is this isn't even like... <laughs> that stuff isn't I, like I'm not we, exaggerating we put our personal this. opinion on it, right? It, these are facts that happen. These are actual things that happen in the story. Yeah, this is literally <laughs> what is happening. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like ah, I see. Yeah, you don't understand anything about how the world works. Yeah. Well, so you know, yeah, that is that's our verdict. World. That's our verdict. <laughs> um, yeah, I I think yeah. we've given this series I think enough time of day <laughs> yes I, th I think we've we've put it through enough of the ringer <laughs> because i i mean i know you're not gonna watch the rest of it and i would be oh, hard pressed no. to spend more of my my precious time watching this exactly <laughs> to be perfectly frank yeah uh, uh anyway speaking of something that i will spend time watching <laughs> yes yes the next a uh, series that we want to talk about is The Promised Neverland, Yakusoku no Neverando. <laughs> and major spoils for the first episode because... You see, okay, but you see it coming like a million miles away. Yeah, uh, but still, there, it is a twist, right? There is a huge, huge plot hook in the first episode, so be forewarned. We're going to talk, we're going to talk all about it because that's the main focus of the show, yeah. but the plot hook doesn't happen until like later on in the episode, so... If you yep. if you have any interest in watching the show, do it before you listen to us talk about it. All right, there's um, there's your spoiler warning. Yeah, Three, two, one, let's warning. go. Okay, so basically, this show, as you have so accurately put it, and I didn't even realize, <laughs> <laughs> is that this show is basically the anime version of Chicken Run, but with children. <laughs> it is. It's just Chicken Run. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't if you never watch chicken run or you need like some memory jogging basically chicken run is about these chickens that become aware that they're being raised on a farm to be eaten <laughs> and so they, they try to they, escape they try to go they try to leave the farm yep this is what happens to this orphanage of children <laughs> And uh, they are basically being raised to become food for this kind of like weird, I don't know, like foreign alien demonic species. Like we don't know anything about them yet. And uh, yeah, they just they come around and they collect children every once in a while. And the explanation for it 
to the other children is like, oh, they they got adopted. Oh, geez. (laughs) (laughs) They're not being adopted. They're not being being adopted. Eaten. (laughs) But yeah, it is it is something that you you basically see coming, but it's I feel like they they lead into it really nicely, right? Yeah. Like they I mean, kind it's of basically like, Chicken Run, but like eight times more horrifying because it's not played for comedies. Oh no! Yeah, it's not. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's it's, a, it's, it's a horror it's just, anime. It's so funny to <laughs> describe it as Chicken Run, but with anime children. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it so, is. I mean, this is a very like dark. Obviously, uh, there. You know what? This is this reminds me of a lot of of uh, young adult. Uh, novels that I read when I was younger Mm. I think a lot of them had very not like this exact plot like oh we're gonna be turned into food but Mm -hmm. a lot of them had you know plots where it's like oh we have to escape this oppressive institution before it kills us right yes and that's that's basically what it is like these children are are living their like nice idyllic orphanage life Mm -hmm. and and they're growing up with all these children but really they're just being farmed for meat and right. and so they want to escape. And we we obviously only watched one episode of this, so we we don't know where it goes. But supposedly it is it is quite the horror thriller. And um, yes, which we haven't gotten one of these in a while. I feel like right. Yeah, like, yeah. I I think it builds tension surprisingly well for an anime, yeah, especially does. because anime is not really that good at that. It, Weirdly, it, it exactly. And I love it because. It takes advantage of of switching art styles, right? So when yeah. it's in the idyllic moments, it's very cute, like kind of almost moe blobish kind of uh, anime style, and it's, it's like it's a lovely. softer Seven Deadly Sins, <laughs> exactly, right? And then when it gets to the hard moments, like you get to see like frame for frame what these children like the the fear that these children are experiencing like every little wrinkle in their faces and just like uh the entire mood the entire style changes and then as soon as they're back at the orphanage it changes back to the the cute style again oh my god it's so well done and yeah yeah, the pacing is great (laughs) well that's i mean this this shift in tone it it just makes make sure you clearly understand Mm -hmm. how it works yeah like it it so clearly explains the the tone shift because you go from having some like what you expect like this like kind of moe blob anime style to like oh they're making like realistic horrified expressions right it's kind of like the higurashi thing mm yeah yep yep exactly yeah so we'll be continuing this one because we i i, I at least am very interested in it i think it's well done so far and uh yes yeah yes <laughs> I mean, uh, that, that's all. That's all we got to say about that. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. slurp, slurp, turned into meat. Num, no, num, stop! Num. <laughs> Those children, they're meat. No, leave them alone. They just want to grow up and be happy. Yeah. Uh, oh, also, if if you're like squeamish, maybe this is a, this is a tough. This is a tough watch. Uh, first, uh, yeah. First episode <laughs> does not pull any punches, no. and um. I mean, okay, the first the first clue that you get that something is wrong is that they have numbers tattooed on them, which is, I mean, that is just, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. okay, this, I promise I won't just keep coming to Sheila Hero, but this is how you do something, <laughs> this is how you, like, do something with any amount of tact. Because if you, if you, de- if you depict, like, people, human beings with numbers tattooed on them, you're, you're obviously making allusions to the Holocaust, 
And if you're not, mm. then you maybe should have thought about that. Uh, and that would be considered problematic if it was played lightly, but it's not. Like, that's literally the premise of the show. Mm-hmm. And so it works here, like this kind of thing that would uh, that might otherwise be kind of iffy, but it doesn't necessarily work in Shield Hero because Shield Hero doesn't think about it at all. Anyway. Yeah, it feels like they considered it pretty carefully in this show. You know, yeah, I, I think it's a, I think it's a very deliberate choice. Yes. Yeah, and I think a lot of it does have to do with the fact that these children. It serves as a device to show that these children aren't being considered as humans, right? Otherwise, why would right, they have yeah. numbers on them? You know, they're 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 being raised like you would livestock, right? Livestock is tagged, and yeah, so that's yeah. what these children are. So anyway, yeah, let's talk about Dororo, which is an adaptation of Osamu Tezuka's samurai revenge story about a boy whose dad sold his body to demons, and now he has to kill them to get them back. Uh. This is great. This is actually a really good anime so far. <laughs> you know, you would because when you think about Osamu Tezuka and his like art style, it's like it doesn't really lend itself to this this kind of story. Right, exactly. And they've they've basically brought it into the modern era and like this is like basically our our uh modern remake of a of an older property of of the quarter uh of the season. Mhm. And it they've they've brought it up to like kind of a modern art style. It looks a lot like Sword of the Stranger, mm, and yes, it yes. it is it's done by Studio Madhouse, and it is absolutely gorgeous. Like oh my god, it is it's so gorgeous. Good. Yeah, and I I I wasn't sure about this to begin with because I, the the premise sounds like um like kind of like I mean the premise is very like sixties. I mean, yes, and, and then the, the way I, that the I, whole story starts is very right. like old timey Japanese drama. <laughs> but it plays it plays so well, yeah. because of the art style and yes. the decisions that they made in regards to that. Because it's so, it's so like uh, stark, and yeah. it. I I wasn't sure I would like this until I saw like a clip of the animation. I was like, oh, this mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah, like it, this is great. It's legitimately great, and the first episode might it might end up losing you a bit in the beginning because, like I said, it is like told like an old Japanese drama. But yes, just stick yeah. with it until the end of the episode if you manage if you decide to pick this up, and you'll see what we're talking about in terms of the animation and why we really want to watch more. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 For for sure, it's. Yeah. I mean, it is as far as as uh, as a show goes. This is a very straightforward, revenge focused action anime. Yeah, and it's awesome. Yeah. Like it's so it's so good. My eyes are in shock at what I've just seen. <laughs> it looks really good. Yeah, it's amazing. Get your blood pumping. And that boy has swords in his arms because he doesn't have <laughs> arms because his dad sold him to demons. Yeah, pay attention to the details in the beginning. <laughs> they yeah. will come back later They'll on. They'll come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if you want to watch uh, cool uh, supernatural samurai revenge, mm-hmm. that's it. It's Dororo. That's it. Yeah, that's Dororo. <laughs> Okay, so next we have Kaguya-sama, Love is War, and a very long Japanese title. <laughs> yes. 
so I actually read the manga for this a while I've back. also read the manga for this. Right. And it's I think it's a pretty good adaptation, right? Of, yeah, uh, I mean, it's basically it's basically just a one to one adaptation. And that yeah. I think works for some people and doesn't work for others. Mm. OK, because I've, I've heard complaints about the narration, like kind of killing the show. But I think it works because it I mean, it, it doesn't let you really think about it because it, it over explains everything. But I think that's kind of. The yeah. Point. Like the, the point is that they overthink it to the point of absurdity. And that's like where the humor comes from. So, yeah, the the narration never bothered me. So, so I yeah, know. I think I, yeah. I think this is a, a very hit or miss show, actually, and I think it sure. hit for us. Yeah, it hit our sense of humor and whatnot. Um, but well, that's just because we like we like <laughs> terrible, awkward people who get themselves into a bad messes. Yeah, it's it's about these two student council members, and they very clearly have feelings for each other. But they are so prideful and egotistical that they just want to make the other one like uh, confess to them in the most embarrassing and humiliating way possible. Like basically beg yes, for them to, yeah. to be with them. Right. And neither of them are willing to give in. And so the entire series is based on them completely missing each other in terms of communication and just like getting into like really awkward, uh, hilarious situations. I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, yep. it's it's actually it's it's pretty well done in my opinion, and there's a reason why it's really popular in Japan. So uh, I'm a little surprised, but also like pleasantly surprised that it got an anime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I I was surprised that it was not a short form, but it basically Me is. Me too. Me too. But yeah. they just kind of compile it into like 24 minute episodes, which I th- I guess is fine. I think I would have yeah. preferred it as a short form, actually. Um, I, I think so too. Yeah. I, you know what? Like, I would actually prefer it like a, a what's it called? A um, a Honda, like the like the bookseller. Oh. Like where it's like ten minute episodes, but they have like two or three bits. Yeah. Yeah, I I think after like twenty four twenty four minutes is a little bit long for. It's a bit long for what it, is yeah. basically like a, a short form comedy. Mm-hmm. Just kind I mean, of back they, to back. Yeah, to back. they they do it in that way of like, oh, they have like a couple of bits throughout but i think just a shorter episode length in general would be i better. i mean i i think i understand why they do it because there are um there are some chapters and arcs that could use the the full 24 minutes but sure. it's not gonna i mean it's not gonna pay off until those moments come around so yeah 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 i mean if if you like if you like awkward rom-com stuff and mm-hmm. uh this tickles your funny bone it's it's a good watch yeah i would say i would say <laughs> okay let's talk about boogie pop wa wada wanai so this is complicated because apparently this uh this is based on a light novel that basically invented the term light novel because they just had no idea what to call it not that it was the first light novel but it was the first light novel that needed to be called a light novel and mm. It it is from like 1997 or 98, which I mean is obviously like a long time ago. You know that's <laughs> uh, it's like 20 20 years ago, 22 years ago now, and it's it is okay. I'm hesitating because I'm not gonna. I'm not even completely sure what it is <laughs> because we only yeah. watched the first episode, and the first episode doesn't tell you anything. 
Yeah, it, it's actually a really... Uh, well, I can't even say it's a poor pilot episode, but it for someone who doesn't know anything about Boogie Pop and yes, any of the novels, yeah. and like none of it, it's a really poor introduction to it. But I, I imagine for people who have actually read it, they would know more about what's going on. So I have, I have slightly different feelings about this. I actually think it's okay. good because okay. I, I, I think um, it conveys the exact tone it wants to and also mm. leaves you in confusion and that's on purpose okay and it's it is disorienting to watch for sure because yeah. basically you have the first half of it which is like the beginning of the show and the right. last half of it which seems like the end of the show and then you right. don't get anything in the middle because presumably the other episodes are going to fill it in you know backwards and it's like mm. i think I think it'll make a lot more sense when we when we watch the second episode. Okay, I'm hoping so. Because, yeah, yeah. the first episode just threw me through a loop, and I wasn't on board for it. <laughs> but anyway, um, so Boogie Pop was highly, highly influential to a lot of stuff that came out in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, funnily enough, it was apparently inspired by JoJo. 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 Uh, and there was an anime adaptation that aired in 2000, which doesn't follow the light novels, but is an anime original story. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so but, if you heard of Boogie Pop Phantom, it's it's that. Yeah. Uh, but apparently it's just a completely different thing. Anyway. Yeah. It's like a weird supernatural-ish story about, like, girls getting murdered in school. And then Boogie Pop appears, arising out of the depths of human consciousness or or something to I guess fix it maybe it okay when I explain what like who this inspired you'll you'll begin to get more of a picture of it because this in this p um so boogie pop inspired uh Ryogo Narita who did Bakano and Durarara uh Nisio Isin who did the Monogatari series and Katanagatari uh Nasu Kinoko from Type Moon I just I love that this fucking like name is just eggplant mushroom it's like, that's how I want to represent myself online. Eggplant mushroom. Yeah. And also the writers of the Persona games, which makes a ton of sense. Yes. It it feels very Persona. Like, yeah. super Persona. Like, especially old school Persona. <laughs> I mean, also, it just it reminds you a lot of Persona 4 because uh, a lot of the shots you get are of, of people hanging from telephone wires. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, definitely big like body horror warning for this one. There's some uncomfortable shots that get glazed over pretty quickly, but they're still um, pretty shocking to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you've ever seen like a Satoshi Kon movie, it's it's not that bad, but you know, yeah, uh, it, it is it is around that that level of like disturbing kind of uh, imagery. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what? it does actually feel a lot like uh, Paranoia Agent. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously I can't say anything about it yet, but I think it is interesting. Okay. I, I mean, we'll watch more and then I'm we'll be fascinated able to tell you more by about it. it. The animation <laughs> is also relatively good, but we haven't really seen a lot of it, to be honest. Yeah. Because they're just kind of talking on the roof. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting to I'm see waiting to see the goodness because I I know that it is a compelling story, so yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna talk about Man of Your Friends. 
Maria Friends. Maria Friends, which in the English version is sometimes localized to Mysteria Friends, which actually technically makes sense because the word mana derives from a word that means I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, so it, Mysteria actually works. But I'm not. Uh, sometimes I wonder about the decision to localize certain things in uh, side game stuff because um, they clearly have an English localization team in-house. Mm -hmm. uh, but sometimes they make, especially some of the earlier stuff, they make questionable decisions about uh, what their stuff is. Anyway, mm -hmm. that's aside from the point. So you might be wondering, what is Manaria Friends? Well, it is uh, part of the the extended side games Rage of Bahamut multiverse, which is which is to say, um, it's kind of like those things, but different a little bit. It is basically lesbians at Hogwarts. <laughs> okay so the the plot of it and Renny doesn't know this because she hasn't seen anything other than the first episode yeah uh, the the plot the premise of this is that uh one of the characters is a half dragon and she's like oh i'm like i'm so lonely i don't know how to fit in i'm, I'm so weird because i'm a half dragon and then the other person is is on who is a princess who is like I love it when you play the piano. I think that's I mean, that's they're both great. princesses. They're both princesses, I guess, technically. Um, that part is not part of, of the Grand Blue version that I know. So, oh, okay. yeah. I, I, guess she's, I guess she's also, like, technically a princess. I, I, I don't know how Rage of Bahamut really works. Other than, like, Psy Games just kind of recycles the same stuff over and over again. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, it is... It's, I mean, it, it is, it's a cute, like, I'm not sure if it's going to be Slice of Life or not yet, because I just, I don't know what they're doing with it. Yeah. Like, we saw we saw the first episode, it was just, like, introducing the, like, dynamics of, of the, the two leads. Right. And then also, and also Owen, who I love. I love Owen. <laughs> he's just, and like, a... clip-on ponytail. Yeah, his clip-on <laughs> ponytail. He's just, like, the knight, and he just, like, watches over them and he's the He's the one oh, yeah. guy in this entire he's like, anime. He's, like, the one dude. I mean, there's a couple of, like, faceless NPCs or whatever that are male, but, you know. But yeah, Monterey of Friends is, is honestly pretty good. Uh, the animation looks a lot better than I thought it would from... Because I've, I've, I've only ever seen stills until that point, but it looks a lot better. Hmm. It looks a lot better in motion than yeah. the stills give it uh, credit for. Mm -hmm. And it's, I, I don't know, it's like, it's coded to be so gay. <laughs> it's very cute. And um, yeah. They, the, Renu, they blush at each other. The romantic overtones are very <laughs> yeah, overt. They're like, there. <laughs> they're there, man. I mean, this this is also not like necessarily me just projecting, right? Because... Uh, I've seen some of the uncap art for uh, Grand Blue, and like, there's literally one where they're on like a little piece of rock in the middle of a bunch of really clear water, and they're like laughing, and the breeze is blowing, and she's like stroking her hair while her head is in her lap, and it's like this is there is no straight explanation. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, fellas. Yeah. Fellas. I mean, 
They can argue. People on this planet can argue all they want that these two are just best friends and they're having a nice connection. Oh, just gals being pals. Just gals being pals. But my God, I I ain't seen no gal pals blush that much at each other with the sunset sparkling in their eyes and in their hair and just like it's a lot. (laughs) It's it's it it reads very shojo. Yeah. Yeah. Super shojo. So I mean, mean, it's really cute. It is really cute, and I don't know if side games will actually do anything with that. But you know, also consider side games did uh, Zombieland Saga, and we got like a an actual mm-hmm. legitimately good depiction of a trans girl. And we could be going places. We could we could possibly be going somewhere with this because I feel like they've wanted to write this anime for a long time, but uh, oh. the original production got scrapped, which oh. honestly is a blessing in disguise because the the newer production looks a lot better. Anyway, <laughs> um. But it's um, you know what it uh. I I learned that recently they're gonna remove the uh Valentine's Day restrictions on Grand Blue, where okay. uh originally you had to be um like the opposite gender to get Valentine's Day messages from certain people, so you would have to switch your gender back and forth to see all of them. But now they're just removing that entirely. Good. They're just like you can just look at all of them if you want to. It's possible. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm praying. Psy Games, if you do this for me, I will, I will spend money on your game forever. <laughs> I I will be, I will be in your service forever. <laughs> like, Psy, th- I would have to thank you for my life. I just you already do. <laughs> I thanks Psy Games for my fucking life. <laughs> You're already in their pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it seems like it could be a nice watch, so yes, I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Yep. All right, go. Uh, next we have quintessential quintuplets. Goto nice. no Hanayome. So I would not have given this series the time of day if you hadn't made us watch it, but I'm kind of okay. glad that you made us watch it because right, it turned I'm, I'm out glad. to be to be good. Like, well, I mean, it, it turned out to be funnier uh, and more endearing than I expected it to be. Right, which is. The premise is very generic blah about dude uh, becomes the tutor of these quintuplets and they're all pretty girls with boobles. And uh, it it, <laughs> it has a really nice sense of humor where it's very like the, the spite that is emitted between these characters <laughs> yes. is really spot on. <laughs> Yes. And uh, they, they they kind of carry it, right? Uh, and there's like a, you know, they got the array of different kinds of ladies, like personality types and stuff like that. And um, the jokes just landed well for me, you know? <laughs> like, despite how awfully generic the premise is, the yes, way that yeah. they were able to execute it was was well done, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. this this is one I've read the manga for. Uh, okay. And I initially started it because I was like, oh, the art looks like kind of nice. Uh, sure. First of all, the art is gorgeous in in the manga. <laughs> like if if you are interested in this series at all, wa- like read the manga. It is mm. is legitimately gorgeous. Like it 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 blows me away the quality of the pages. Um, mm. because every every page is like rendered really wonderfully. Wow. Okay. Um, you wouldn't know that from the anime. You wouldn't know that from the anime because sometimes the anime is a little incons- uh, the, a little inconsistent. Uh, yeah, they put they put animation where it matters. Yeah, yeah. 
but mm-hmm. it, it is yeah it is a it is a harem rom-com about girls who are quintuplets and the mm-hmm. the, the premise of the show is that um it's a flashback from his marriage day and he's clearly yeah. marrying one of them but because they're quintuplets you don't know which you one it is yeah exactly and like they so don't use her the... they don't use her Sorry. voice either so it's like even more yes. shrouded um, yes yes so yeah, yeah, I I completely agree in that the setup is is very generic at first glance, but the actual humor and and the emotional beats land surprisingly well. And yeah, I think, I mean, sorry, it it just I for me it just goes to show like you can have like a generic plot or you can have like an unoriginal you know starting point to your story, but it's all about you know the the how you carry it out right yes that's, that's yeah. where the originality and the creativity comes in and i think that the this series kind of proves that yeah yeah for for sure it's mm-hmm. i was also surprised at how much i actually like ended up really liking this series like i mm. binged a lot of i binged everything that was out when i started reading it i was like this is so good wow and I don't I don't know. I think part of it is that it is it's like a you know, it's a it's a harem uh setup, but that's not like the only thing about it. And mm-hmm. there is a legitimate sense of uh the connection between the the quintuplets, like the actual siblings mm-hmm. where because they're siblings, they have the baked in dynamics of being siblings. Like some of them like like each other, some of them hate each other. Some of them like love all of all of them, despite the fact that also like you know they get on your nerves because they're your siblings. Mm-hmm. And I I like how that plays, and I like that we get the distinct personalities of them, and they're they're like talking to each other. Like honestly, the main character is is almost inconsequential in a lot of these scenes, and yeah, that's not to say that he's not interesting because he definitely has a lot more personality than a lot of harem protagonist like yes you know he has the 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 generic traits of like oh he's like hardworking and like a good dude but also he's kind of just like a weird study jerk do you yeah, know what i mean he is. He's like a study jerk <laughs> like he's he's really like he's not nice all the time and no. he, like he's 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 like really obsessive about studying and yeah Obviously, you get the sense that this is because of his his upbringing and uh, the yeah. fact that he lives in like a really rundown, um, like poor financial situation, yeah. uh, and like he gets like the the yakiniku bowl set without yakiniku, and so it, that's cheaper <laughs> because it's the price of rice, but you get miso soup with it. He's so and I kind of so I love it. and I love it. Yeah. yeah, like he has a lot of these like really fun personality quirks yeah. that it's, that it's, really uh, play well with the rest of the cast because it it introduces moments of conflict. Right. It, it almost reminds me a little bit of Haruhi from from Oran. Right. Where yeah. Yeah. She's also very like spend conscious. You know, she lives in a single parent household. They're poor and whatnot, and they're surrounded by rich people, which these quintuplets are also rich. And she's also like very hardworking. She studies very hard for her grades because you know she's there on scholarship. Um, and so this boy is also like a study 
nerd, but he's also a studied jerk, unlike Harui. Yeah, he's 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 like not he's not very nice a lot he's of the just time. Not nice, and I love that. I love. I also do love, like you said, he's not always the focal point, right? It's more about the general interactions of all the characters, mainly the girls with each other. Yeah, and so you don't have to worry about. Oh, well, not, they they do do it because it is a harem, but not as blatantly as other harem anime, where it's just like every girl, like her every action centers around the the main character, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot of of care put into the relationships between the girls that mm-hmm. makes it uh feel a lot better to watch because it's not just the universe revolves around this this shitter dude. It's yeah. just. He happens to be here, and they happen to like like him because he's just a a, a study weirdo, <laughs> which is basically what happens. They're just like you're just so weird, but I guess yeah. I'm into it. Yeah, I mean, and it it does play well, I think, on the the classic harem tropes, right? So you have like yeah, the main, the main girl or whatever who's probably going the favorite to be his love interest, which she. Is the one that he argues with the most. She's a little bit soon soon, you know. And uh, you would have, you would like, think so, Ranu, but I am not so sure. Okay, okay, I, I will be pleasantly surprised. And then uh, they have the. I have no basis girl. for saying that. <laughs> you read the I just, manga. <laughs> I have no basis for saying that. They still don't. They, we still don't know who it is, but you know. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. They have the spacey girl. They have the happy-go-lucky girl. They have like the the Onesan so eroi girl. <laughs> that one's my favorite. And then they have the prissy girl with the Hime complex. And yeah. So and then they also, of course, have like, oh, Onesan is sleeping naked in her bed, and oh no, don't pull her blanket off, kind of stuff too. But it's not as annoying because the other stuff in the show is. Is a nice balance for me, right? And I'm really sensitive to like really awful generic rom com crap. So. Well, also, also the the <laughs> way that it's it's played is so straight that it's funny, mm. right? Mm. Where you know uh, he's like, here, just like get out of that blanket, right? And she's like, no, I'm naked underneath, and he's like, okay, whatever, and he just leaves. <laughs> it's it's so funny because. He is like such a different protagonist than a lot of of harem protagonists where he's just like mm. I just want to get these like girls to study. Like I I just mm-hmm. please, I'm trying to do my job here. <laughs> and and be, yeah, because because it's not like oh no, I'm I'm a lucky pervert. I'm in the situ- oh no, boobs. Right? It's literally just okay, just put some clothes on and come downstairs. We got to do some studying. Yeah, his first, you know? init- his initial reaction to all this was complete and utter dread. He's so, like, oh no, please God, no. <laughs> yeah, I like that his his first foot I- into this like whole like escapade is like, it's on the wrong foot, right? With all of these girls. <laughs> yes, yeah. Also, Sexy Onesan is voiced by Kana Hanazawa, who oh. I love. I love Kana Hanazawa. Yeah, she's your wife. She's my wife. <laughs> Borat, Borat voiced my wife. <laughs> Yeah, so if you like rom-coms and, uh, you know, you, you want to see something that might actually be pretty decent, then maybe maybe give this one a shot. It's still, like I said, pretty tropey, but it's, it doesn't rub me entirely the wrong way, so. Yes, yeah. yeah. For for sure. Ka- oh, Kana huh? Hanazawa is um, the uh, original singer of the Renai Circulation song. 
You know, the one that gets oh. memed all the time. <laughs> I love I love Kana Hanazawa. Anyway. Yeah. Next, let's talk about Rinshi Ekodachan. So each Ekodachan. episode of this is directed by a different guy, and the main character, Ekodachan, is voiced by a different voice actress, which is super interesting. Yeah. We've only I seen one episode. But yeah. basically, it's like like a five-minute short form like a, of a bunch mm-hmm. of different like skits, I guess you could call them. And then... And then they just have like a fifteen-minute interview with the people who did the episode. Yeah, I so like the first the episode part a lot. It was actually really interesting because we often don't get insight into this stuff, and mm-hmm. it's really fascinating to get to see people who actually make anime like talk about how to make anime. Yeah, and and what that process is like. Like, yeah. I was very interested in the conversation that the the first director Akitara Daichi, who, if you don't know, is the person who did the uh, directed the two thousand one Fruits Basket anime. Yeah, uh, and former uh, AKB48 member Ishida Haruka, who's voicing Ekudachan, it was very interesting hearing his process for choosing her as the voice actress. He's like, you know, I heard I heard her voice once at like an uh, an audition, and it wasn't like a it wasn't like an amazing reading, but it just stuck in my mind, and I was like, it's perfect. Mm, mm-hmm. So I thought that that was that was really interesting. I I was very into the interview portion of this show, and I'm yeah. very interested in watching more episodes of it and i i I guess like this this character echo that chan is like kind of a an existing icon in Mm -hmm. uh in like the japanese sort of cultural sphere uh she's been around for a long time yeah i like i think it's the it's over now but i i think her serialization was like really long and Mm -hmm. it is uh, yeah surprisingly um it's surprisingly frank about a lot of things. Like she's like she's like sleeping with like a lot of dudes. Like yeah, so she's in the, a in the first worker. episode, right? Yeah. Like um, she's she's like we see her in bed talking to like at least like two different dudes. Were they two different ones? Yeah, they were different ones. I thought they were the same one. I thought it was just like her boy. I think they were different ones. <laughs> okay, because he yeah. he talks about like seeing her boyfriend or whatever in the first episode and how he's there all the way till the end kind of thing. I don't know. Oh, I thought it was the other way around where he shows up in the last episode or whatever and then it's like, oh, he was there all along. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh but yeah, I mean that I it's kind of I think the way that the that um Akitara Daichi puts it, you know, he says like, you know, she's not exactly like she's she's a little bit subculture, but she's not exactly subculture. And I think that's like the perfect way to put it. Yeah. Is that, you know, it feels like um something that's like really clearly like Japanese, but not like necessarily super niche japanese yeah Uh, but like like she's clearly an icon of some kind but not one that necessarily is like as straightforward as as people uh might expect so Mm -hmm. yeah i i'm i'm very interested in watching more of this uh i hope nice I hope that the the rest of it is is good i'm i'm very interested in like the what what other people are gonna do with this honestly Yeah, me too. It's it's fun. I like uh I like how they portray this character. Like I like yeah, that they yeah. described her as kind of like a New Yorker. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And she's she like she she reads very much as like a career woman who's like yeah. searching for something, which is yeah. very like New York, I guess. <laughs> it's, it's at very least like a, a pop culture view of New York, which makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Anyway. Let's talk about our last thing before we get oh into the lightning God. round, which is just going to be you talking about things that I didn't watch. Talking about a bunch of stuff, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, virtual sign, wa miteru, which is the virtual YouTuber anime. And I don't, <laughs> I don't know what I expected, but it wasn't this, but maybe it should have been. I don't know what you expected what I either. Expected. <laughs> I listen, I saw that I saw Hideaki Anu was like doing something. I was like, I guess I'll watch this. I don't really You're watch deceived. like a lot of virtual YouTubers, but the uh, it's like about a certain set of virtual YouTubers of some of whom I guess are I, I guess I guess they're like well known. I don't actually know how well known they are because I like this is so far outside my sphere of knowledge because I don't pay attention to like Japanese internet anymore really. Mm-hmm. Um, like if it, if I if this was like 2008 me I would be like uh yes uh excuse me that is uh X <laughs> from X uh, she does this but I don't really keep up with that anymore so I'm not sure what it's what it's about like I know I know Kizuna I is and like Kaguya Luna and that's kind of it so uh, Kizuna I sings the opening for this this anime <laughs> a- a- anime it, I think it's like literally shot in in VR chat. It looks Almost. like it's shot in VR it, chat, except for Unity Chan. Except for Unity Chan. Um, <laughs> the best way I would describe this is, is like it's just a bunch of skits about these these virtual tubers, and yeah. ev- everything that would possibly encompass. So it is like, I mean, it's ki- it's kind of like watching, uh, something that is clearly meant for children. I guess yeah. is the way that I would put that. I feel it's like I'm watching something geared towards paced. children. Yeah, it's it's, it's it very feels fast like the paced. Internet, like con- concentrated into like a single series. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really um, how do I put this? It, uh, there's a lot of like very straightforward slapstick humor, and like very strange cutaways to other things. It it's like it's kind of all over the place, and yeah. I think that's on purpose because it feels a lot like something like Sesame Street, which has a lot like. Which has a lot of uh, little sections in a bigger show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's the way I would put it. You know, it it mm-hmm. feels like something meant for for like meant to be aimed at children, and I'm not sure what I expected, but it wasn't this. But maybe it should have been, right? Yeah, I think I because think it's I think it's literally this. just them interacting in in different circumstances, and the appeal of the show is just well, it's the the. The virtual, the YouTube people that I like, just but they're talking to each other and then doing like uh, comedy skits or, or I don't even know what to call them, but yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, I don't watch this. Like, just Hard don't pass unless you yeah. know these virtual tubers. In which case, by all means, this is for I you. I mean, if you're if you're heavily invested in in this, then then sure. But like, you know, I'm not. It and might be I'm, hard to watch if you aren't in that sphere, that very niche yeah. sphere. <laughs> I, I think part of part of it is also like the the cast that they use is not people I'm familiar with. Like if if it was like oh this is like the the Kizuna Ai Kaguya Luna show, that might be a lot more interesting actually. <laughs> you know, because I, uh-huh. I I think those might be characters uh, aimed at a, a slightly older uh, audience. I mean, one of the one of the girls is like a gamer FPS girl who plays like PUBG. So, who? What do I know? I guess. What do you know? Yeah, Japan loves PUBG. That's funny. Like PUBG is like their Fortnite. Everybody knows what PUBG is. So they don't they don't do the Fortnites as much as PUBGs. 
I don't know. I just know that they really like PUBG. Let's get let's get in that lightning round. Yeah, lightning round. So this Tell is me about all the things, stuff right that in. I watched, and Soup didn't watch anything. So. I didn't watch anything. <laughs> <laughs> but you've been sick and dead and stuff. I'm so useless. <laughs> no. All right, so the first thing that I watched was Grimm's Notes, the animation. This is a story about uh, this world created by storytellers, and basically all the characters have books of fate that they are born with, and it basically tells them the script of their entire life. And so, like, if you're in a story, then obviously, you know, that's that's your story script. You follow that, and you know exactly what's going to happen, you know, you know, etc. And... These storytellers go around and they're entering stories in order to fix uh, the ones that are like acting weird or like something weird's going on. And the weird stuff is happening because there are these people called the chaos tellers <laughs> and they're going around and messing up the stories. So uh, it's it seems like something that I would have liked when I was younger and uh, the design, the character designs are actually I like them. Uh, they're pretty good, uh, but the animation itself kind of suffers from, like, same face syndrome, like, pretty badly. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, it's it's a nice watch. It's it's like one of those mediocre anime that's like, okay, I can do that. I can watch that. Uh, yeah. Uh, next is Kakegurui XX, <laughs> the second season of Kakegurui. Um, yes. And I've only watched the first episode, but it uh, it has amplified the facial expressions, man. They know where their selling point is. And uh, the opening and ending are done in much the same fashion as they did the first season. Um, the music is, is still pretty good. And yeah, it's about crazy gambling and stuff. And they just they just keep they just roll right into the next gambling thing. So uh, if you like the first season, then you're gonna like this one i i imagine um next Sweet. is fukigen mononoke and suzuki this is a also everything from here on out is second season <laughs> ah, so this, second this season explains is, a lot yeah fukigen mononoke and it's uh an anime about this student who ends up in debt to this uh basically he's like an exorcist and so he has to help this exorcist run around and you know exercise things and clears that it's very like whatever uh but it's a nice thing to have in the background while you work so that's why i watch it because sometimes you need those middle of the road anime you know what i mean sue mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah no i i yeah. completely get it yeah yeah i i i also agree that uh sometimes an anime can just be solidly good and that's yeah. okay do you yeah, know what uh, do you want anime solidly, solidly good? mediocre <laughs> kuro kuro mukuro was solidly a good show Oh. Yeah. But it was on Netflix, so nobody watched it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so next uh, we have uh, Piano No Mori, the second season. And I actually really like the whole Piano No Mori series, so uh, I will be watching this one. If you like piano and you're a nerd for piano and you want to listen to some nice piano music, then this is the, the one. It, I... I haven't watched a whole lot of it. I think I watched half of the first episode. The first season had terrible CG. <laughs> like, just awful CG of piano playing. And it seems like they kind of, like, gave a little bit more budget this season. So I hope it's okay. 
Yeah, and that's it. Nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I mean. I guess. I guess that's it. Uh. I. I guess we've we've somehow managed to arrive at the end of the uh, beginning of the winter 2019 season. <laughs> so, I'm, what are your feelings I'm, overall of the season? You know what? My feelings overall are I am interested in a a handful of shows of which mm-hmm. Shield Hero was initially one of them but then I watched <laughs> it again and I was like oh my god this this is worse than I remember <laughs> like ah I see this is what this is what growth as a person does to you oh my god suddenly this kind of stuff is not even remotely okay <laughs> Because when I and I initially read it, I was like, oh, this is, like, kind of icky. Mm. Uh, and then I, I still read all of it because I was in, in that isekai mood. Mm. And it was it it was a good isekai for what it was. And then, right. you know, coming back and watching it now, I'm like, oh, no, this has not aged well. <laughs> this this has not aged well. Um yeah. Uh, Yikes. I I, uh, I I think so. There's just like a, a small handful of things that I'm actually interested in. Y- yeah. I I there are a handful of things that I'm like slightly of like really interested in. Like I'm I really want to watch Mob Psycho, but yes. obviously Mob Psycho. Like I, yes. I, I I'm interested in Promise Neverland. I yes. I really want to watch more Dororo. Yes. And I I'm I'm personally very interested in Boogie Pop and. Mm. I'm looking forward to the rest of uh, Monaria Friends to see what it's about. Sure. I don't think it's as solid of a season as as last season. Oh, definitely not. But I mean, <laughs> that's a really high bar. Yeah. I th- I think last year was an amazing year for anime. And yeah. I I'm optimistic about this year because I if we if we continue the kind of forward momentum then uh we should we should be getting some interesting stuff. Uh there's a lot of movies slated for this year that I'm actually really interested in. Oh, okay. Uh like the Yuri on Ice movie I guess is coming out this year. Yeah. And I kind of I kind of forgotten about that until now, but I'm like, okay, I could watch that. Yeah. Uh amongst amongst other like there's a Konosuba movie coming out this year. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Forget so there's a lot Shield of... Hero, watch Konosuba. Yeah, forget, forget Shield Hero, watch Konosuba. That's honestly my recommendation. <laughs> but yeah, it, it I don't think it's a solid of a of a season. Obviously, I only have the benefit of one episode under my belt of each episode mm-hmm. of each uh, series to mm-hmm. to know, so I'm not sure yet. But uh I think last season was spectacularly good. So high bar, yeah. high bar. Yeah, I know. I, the I don't good news it. is that it will hopefully be easier for us to keep up with the anime this time. If we oh, only have oh yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I think it will be. I hope it will be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm interested in, in some stuff, and and that's good. I'm glad nope. we have a, a like a set of things to watch, probably mm-hmm. uh, amongst the other stuff that we have to sample. But you know what? It's fine. <laughs> yeah, there's there's nothing I'm like dying to watch other than Mob Psycho. I don't think. Same though. Oh, and Dororo for me. That's yeah, I I'm interested in more Dororo, but like I feel like Dororo is like I'll I'll watch it and I'll get what I get. Yeah, yeah. Whereas so. Mob Psycho is just like I can't live without this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I guess I guess we've we've reached the end, Renu. That's it. 
Where can we where can we find you on the internet and what are you up to this week? You can find me on the Twitter and the Twitch and we have that episode about Tumblr, but my Tumblr still exists. It's all at Swandron. Um nice. I will be streaming more Kingdom Hearts 3 um this weekend because I really, 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 really want to play. I'll also be streaming a little bit of pixel art. So if you want to come by and say hi, you can do that. And yeah, I think that's it for me. What about you? Nice. Uh, you can find me on all the places at Literal Soup. Uh, if I'm on a place, it's there. I do a lot of like depression tweeting. I guess is, is the way to put it. I, I okay. It's not depression tweeting. It's stress tweeting. Where I'm like, okay, okay, I'm okay. tweeting out. I'm tweeting to vent some amount of stress in my life. Okay, uh, which okay. has been. Uh, unsurprisingly quite high lately uh, 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 i mean yeah <laughs> i i made a game which is uh called transmission i just i just wrote this it is <gasps> as i like to call it the forbidden car larp because it is a game that you're technically supposed to play while driving because it's a mech game and driving a car is like the the everyday version of, of operating a mech but you probably should not actually play this while driving because it is still not a good idea to drive without your full attention on the road. But I mean, maybe yeah. if you're like, yeah, maybe if you're like the passenger, uh, you can play or something. Sure. Uh, but I, I have that. You can find that on my on my Twitter. I, I put that out just kind of as as a thing. I'm like, oh, here, out into the world, have my forbidden Aww. car LARP. Car LARP. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh there's also there's also the exciting news. Uh Renny, did you hear about this? What? Uh the exciting news that Fumi Yoshinaga's What Did You Eat Yesterday manga is getting a TV drama adaptation. Uh Fumi Yoshinaga's What Did You Eat Yesterday is a manga about a gay couple and they they cook for each other. It's like a daily recipe, but also it's like attached to a, an adorable domestic daily life of gay people. Yeah, if you don't know who Fumi Yoshinaga is uh she wrote uh Antique Bakery well she's artist for Antique Bakery as well so yeah uh that's awesome though I I want to see it actually (laughs) it looks it looks really cute nice it looks really cute all right um I think that's it I think that's it I think that's all we got going on uh, for now, our uh, opening and ending song are still Love Letter From You by Desired from the album Plastic Whatever, with, of course, the addition of Remy's lovely vocals. No. Yeah, that's, I mean, well, thanks for listening. We'll see, we'll see you next time. Ciao. Do you like how I've gotten sicker over the course of this, like, singular episode? I know. It's terrible. I'm dying, Renu. I know. All right.